what I'm going to talk about this morning uh, is about standing our ground, not giving way when we come under pressure from the enemy. Something I've been realising about the enemy is that we can't afford to lock ourselves away, get in our little holy huddle in church on a Sunday morning or in our life groups and think it's all okay. Because all we're doing there is we're ceding ground to the enemy. Yeah. We're ceding uh, territory to him. You know, the kingdom of God is not meant to be on the defensive, locked in, in walls, uh, away from where the action is. The kingdom of God is meant to be taking ground on the offensive. We're not a defensive people. We are an offensive people. And when we encounter, you know, s some of the passages in God's word, it says about standing, standing fast. And we go, well, how, how does that work? Well, that works like this. When we've taken ground, we don't give it up again. We don't, we don't fall back. We stand. And when we don't know what to do, we don't give ground, we stand until we get the answers and the wisdom we need from God. We stand. Now, standing your ground isn't always easy. I, I think we, you'd all agree with that? Yeah? yeah? It's not easy, is it? And, and, but at, every, at lots of points in our life, we're going to get a really clear choice. And the choice that we get is one of two roads. And we've got to, we, we can go on the easy road, you know, the giving, the backing down, the go with the flow, the blending in, the, the, you know, looking like everybody else road. And it's easy to choose that. And I want to encourage you as believers not to choose that road. Because anybody can go that route. And we might be tempted to go that route, the going with the flow, the easy road. But there's a hard road, and that's a better road. But the hard road will need us to stand our ground sometimes in order to make further progress in the future. And so we want to take that road. We want to choose that road. Here's something I've discovered. Whatever problem you are facing, the problem isn't the problem. Whatever problem you're facing, the problem isn't the problem. The problem is that we get under pressure and our faith starts to waver. Because nothing's impossible for God. If God's for us, who can be against us? The problem isn't the problem. The problem is we get under pressure. We get all, all this stuff coming towards us that, that encourages us to back down. And our faith starts to waver. Then the problem becomes the problem. Because with God, there is no problem. There is just something where we're going to take some ground from the enemy. And so we have to learn to stand in faith. You know, sometimes you get instantaneous results when you pray. And that's great because we can, we can like get, get up front, we can have the, the instantaneous result, and we can give the testimony. And that's exciting. That's how most of the time it was for Jesus, and that's what we should expect. But in, in lots of other situations in our life, the reality that we're experiencing is we're going to have to stand and we're going to have to exercise some patience. And so, you know, 
you might be, might be thinking, well, I just write this moment. I've got too many sleepless nights, stress-filled days, too much hassle going on in my life. And, it, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I, I don't know what the answer is. Here's your answer. You stand. Now, what does standing mean? Standing means something different to God than it does to us. The first thing we do when we stand is we give him the problem. God calls, it, calls that casting your cares on me. Um, Joel has a different word for it. What's your, what do you, do you say? Roll it over unto God. I kind of like that one. Like, you have it, God. There you go. I'll roll that over onto you. I'll roll that issue onto you. I'll roll that relationship problem onto you. I'll roll that sickness onto you. And God encourages us to give him our problems. He says, cast your cares on me. You stop bothering about it. You stop being like a, a sort of like a dog that's worrying a bone about it and give it to me. Because all you're worrying is getting you nowhere. All that, all that stressing over everything, it's getting you nowhere. All it's doing is it's making you ill. And it's causing you to lack, lack sleep. And when you're not, when you're not sleeping, you, you're not so good at hearing me. So I want you to hear me. So you give it to me and you leave it there. That's the first part of standing our ground. Giving the issue to God. There's a, you know, when we studied Hebrews early in the year, they, they, that has a, a word for that. It's called entering God's rest. I like entering God's rest instead of entering my stress. Yeah. Entering God's rest is much better than entering my stress. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, you, you go for it. Yeah, amen. Right, so, I just want to uh, encourage you to, to do, I don't want that, that one, I want this one. Um, if you haven't been given one of those or you didn't pick one up when you came in, pick one up before you go out. They're on the, ta the welcome table at the back. They're absolutely free. They're a little mini book that I've written. And it's all about how do we understand a good God in a world where there seems to be so much suffering. And uh, that will hopefully have some really helpful comments in there that will give you some answers. Okay? Um, I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 6 and begin at verse 10. Now, I'm going to read it from the Amplified, so it's up on the screen. You can find it in your, your version as well if you want. Um, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, that is, draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might. Put on the full armour of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armour of heavily armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand, that you successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. That sounds good to me, standing up against all the schemes, all the strategies and all the lies and deceits of the devil. Yeah. I, I like that idea. I'm less excited about the fact that I need to stand in order to be successful and see that. And so, you know, but he, what, what, what this, this tells us is there's a, there's a key to doing that. And the key is this, that we are strong in the Lord. Yeah. Be strong in the Lord. 
Now that requires us to do something. It requires us to be strong in the Lord. Now, how do you do that? Because it's, it's okay. Well, you know, how, how do I be strong in the Lord? Well, let me put it this way. Some people are naturally strong. They, they have like natural stickability. They have natural, I'm going to give it a go-ness. You know, all, all those sort of things. Um, they, they have a natural resistance. They, they're sometimes mistaken for un, unreasonably stubborn people, but we will, will not say that. But, they, they, you know, there are that sort of person around. I, I wasn't looking at you, Joyce. I wasn't looking at you. I was trying not to look at Cheryl. <laughs> but some of us on our own aren't that strong. You know, we, we don't see ourselves as strong people. Some of us see ourselves, I'm a strong person. Others go, well, I'm not really a very strong person at all. It doesn't matter how you see yourself, because this isn't about you. This is about Christ in you. Christ in you being strong. So how do you, how do you be strong in the Lord? What you do is you make a conscious decision to take your eyes off what you can't do and put them on and meditate on what he can do. Because wherever you go, he's with you. And wherever, whatever you're in, facing, dealing with, struggling with, he's there, right there in the middle of it, and he wants to get out and do something about it. So we need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. That means, uh, you know, to put it in the way the Apostle Paul says, we engage with our spiritual man, not our carnal man. That means we stop trying to sort it all out ourselves, come up with uh, great plans, great ideas, great strategies, put more and more effort in, more and more energy in, drain ourselves, tire ourselves out, wear ourselves down, kill ourselves. And instead of doing all that, we choose to just step out and do it with God. But it's got to be a conscious decision. <coughs> you know, when you're knocked down, when, you, when you, you, you're put under pressure to compromise, when you're taking hits left, right, and center, you've got to get your focus on to God. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's not easy, but you've got to do it. And you've got to keep it there. This uh, passage talks about uh, putting on the complete armor of God. How do you put on God's armor? How do you put on any item of clothing? Any ideas? You get it down off a shelf or off a hanger, don't you, or out, out of a drawer, and you put it on. You, you like, do that, you know. Did you do? I do that, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll do that again. <laughs> I could be a break dancer. <laughs> but you get dressed, don't you? So how do you put on the armor of God? You get yourself dressed. The, 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 the word talks about taking off your old man and putting on your new man. What's your new man? Well, I've got the breastplate of righteousness. That means I've got right standing with God. That means whenever the enemy comes and he has a go at me and he tells me how useless I am and how bad I am and how rubbish I am and how I've let everybody down and how I've failed, I turn around and say, look at the breastplate. I'm right with God. Christ paid for this. 
I've got, I've got shoes. I've got the shoes of the gospel. I can preach the word. I can tell. I can speak back to the enemy and say, you've got nothing on me because you lost. Christ won the victory at the cross and you're 2,000 years too late. So don't come around here hassling me. Yeah, amen, amen. I've got the sword of the spirit and I'm going to use it. So when you come around and you give, and there's stuff going on in my life, but the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go and find out what the word says about that issue. And then I'm going to speak what the word says, not what I, the, the rubbish that normally comes out of my mouth. I'm going to watch my mouth and I'm going to speak what the word says. And I'm going to say, in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror. Yeah. Nothing is impossible to Christ, and he dwells in me. He lives in me. God has promised me a long life and to be satisfied, and that's what I'm going to have. Yeah. When people are dying in the 60s and 70s, I'm turning around and saying, it's not going to happen to me because I've got 120. That's what God said I can have. And when I get to that 120, I'm going to be just as strong and healthy as I am now. Yeah. I'm not going to go whimpering into the darkness. I'm going to live well. Yeah. I'm going to live healthy. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So you use the sword of the Spirit. Now, that passage, oh, I forgot which version. Yeah, that one. talks about strategies and deceits and lies. I like the way it talks about strategies and deceits and lies because that tells me what sort of person I'm dealing with. There's no truth in it. Yeah. And if there's no truth in it, I'll go and find the truth instead. Now, those words, strategies, deceits and lies, that's kind of an expansion of a word that's often uh, translated, particularly in the old version, older translation of the Bible, as the wiles of the devil. Have you heard of the wiles of the devil? The wiles. It's a, I, I think it... You know, I used to think it was a real northern word, but, you know, I am told by my good friend over there, I think he told me this in Ukraine, it's a, it's a Scottish word, according to Bob. <laughs> we, we talk about wiles north of the border. <laughs> but wiles, what do you think wiles means? If anybody's done rock solid, you should know the answer to this one. It means mind games. Mind games, mental pressure. That's what it's about. The devil plays mind games with you. That's why he's bringing the pressure in your life. That's why he's surrounding you with people that are telling you you can't do it. That's why he's, he's, he's whispering into your head all the time, it's not going to work, you're going to fail, it's not going to happen for you. That dream I put on your heart, you're never going to see it. And he's whispering that, and he's whispering it, and he's whispering it all the time. We need to learn to stand against those mind games. Because otherwise, he'll just twist us into knots all the time. When we say we're standing, it's those mind games we're standing against. That's where we take our stand. So when we talk about standing our ground, we are not giving way to the strategies, the lies, the deceits, the mind games, and the wiles of the devil. Sounds like old-fashioned preaching, that, doesn't it? The wiles of the devil. But he's using mind games all the time with us. And he finds it pretty easy to do because we're surrounded by 
a world that he's deceived. And they think the way he wants them to think. You know, it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. How does he do it? He tells them lies, he tells them deceits, he twists things, and he puts them under pressure to believe it. Well, I'm not going to believe it because I'm a believer, and I believe in Jesus, not him. Let's go on a bit further, verse 13 and 14. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to, st- to successfully resist and stand your ground in evil day of danger, having done everything that crisis demands, to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. So, just in case you didn't get it the first two times, stand firm. Hold your ground. Having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your way, put on the best plate of righteousness and so on. And then it describes all, all the armour. What I want you to see in that, I want you to see that the way we stand our ground is to stay in the rest of God when the pressure comes. The way we stand our ground is to stay in the rest of God when the pressure comes. What's the rest of God? The rest of God is the complete and finished work of Christ and the provision he has made for us so that we have everything we need for life and godliness. And we need to start believing that and living it. We have everything we need for life and godliness. You see, it's not enough to know something at a mental level. Because knowing something at a mental level leaves it at the level where the devil is playing the mind games. So you're just it's just one more opinion that's sloshing around at the mental level. That's when we know some information. Where it has to get to is it's got to lodge itself in our spirit, in our, our, our hearts. You see, and and the way it lodges itself in our spirit, in our hearts, is for us to get in tune with what's going on inside us, to trust God, and to actually act and believe on what we know in our heads. You see, how can I put this? I don't mean to to belittle anybody or anything, I think it's really important that as a body we pray for each other. So I'll just say that up front. But you need to, uh, what I'm saying is you need to listen to the end of this sentence. But what I'm saying is it's not going to do you any good sending out a re- prayer request on the prayer chain and getting everybody praying for you if you personally are going to sit at home and have a pity party and talk about all the things that God hasn't done and how he's not going to do it. It really doesn't help, because you're just digging up the seed that everybody else is planting. You're working against their faith. And so our our walk as believers has to move into a realm where we're believers, and we act on being believers. You know, I, I I think... I think that right at this moment, God's calling his church to actually be believers instead of churchgoers. Yeah. And that's a, that's a transition that we have to take responsibility for. Yeah. We have to do a whole lot more trusting him and a whole lot less trusting us. Yeah. 
and, 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 and a whole more, lot more trust in him to provide and a whole lot less trust in the systems of the world to provide. Because yeah. trusting the systems of the world to provide only has one solution. It grinds us into the ground and wears us out and gives us an early grave. And as I said, I'm not having that. I'm living to 120. So you're not going to catch me out on that one. Okay. Go with me to Psalm 112. Psalm 112, verses 7 and 8. He will not be afraid of evil tidings, because his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. That last bit is talking about how God's our vindicator, not us. But the, the bit I want you to focus on is this, that, that we've got that those words established, steadfast. Uh, another translation of that would be the word fixed. Fixed on God. Fixed on what he said. Fixed on knowing how much he loves us. Fixed on knowing that he is for us. And fixed on knowing that if he is for us, who can be against us? That word fixed means to be prepared and firmly fastened to. We've got to get this attitude as believers of being firmly fastened to God. Yeah. That we, whatever we are going through, facing, doing, taking action on, um, dealing with, we are firmly attached, tied to, fixed to God. That means we are not firmly attached, fixed to, tied to our phone where we're ringing auntie for her opinion. I've said this before and I'll say it again. We do not go to the phone as believers, we go to the throne. Yeah. Yeah. Our information comes from the throne. And yet there's so many of us as believers who are getting everybody else's opinion. We try everybody else's opinion. And when it doesn't work and we've run out of ideas, we go to God. It doesn't work like that. You know, God in his mercy will step in. But the way it works is for us to see the truth, the reality of how, who we are and who we were made to be. That we are firmly fixed. We are tied to God. We are firmly established on a rock. In fact, we are in the rock because we are in Christ Jesus. And the rock is in us because Christ is in us. And, and that, that's, what, that's what this psalm is saying and that's what Paul is saying in Ephesians. You've got to stand because you've got to know the reality of your existence as a born again new creation is you are fixed to a rock. You are in a rock and he is in you. And if you live in it from any other place, you're going to be worried, you're going to be stressed, you're going to fall for the strategies, the deceits, and the lies of the devil. And he's going to make a mess of you. So get clear who you are as a new creation believer. You are in Christ. You are fastened indelibly to him. He is fastened indelibly to you, and he lives inside of you. That's the place we face everything from. And if all that is true, if, he, if, he's, if you're inside of him and he's inside of you and you're fastened to him and he's fastened to you, then who's dealing with his situation? It's a much easier leap then to go, he is. Nothing to do with me. It's his problem. You know, 
Cheryl and I sometimes say, you know, like the, is it Apollo 13, where it all goes wrong? And the, 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 the guy in the spaceship comes out with one of the biggest understatements in history, doesn't he? Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> so Cheryl and I have been learning these last few years that when, when stuff comes along that kind of overwhelms us or we can't deal with, we, we're developing this response, and the response is this. God, you have a problem. <laughs> Not my problem. You said you, you're the one that's providing for me. You said you're my source. You said you're the healer. You said that you're the overcomer. You said you've won the victory. You said I've got everything I need for life and godliness. That tells me it's your problem. You know when Jesus said, don't be afraid, don't worry, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's got enough worries of itself, all that sort of stuff. He meant it. We're not meant to live anxious, stressed people. It doesn't do us any good. It makes a mess of your health. It makes a mess of your body and it screws your head up. And it just puts you in a place where the devil can play his mind games, doesn't it? Here we go. So what I'm really saying is this, in anchoring to Jesus, in anchoring to the rock, that's how we exercise or stand in faith. So how do we get that mentality? How, how's that going to happen for you when you walk out this room? Because it's kind of all right now, because you're hearing it, and you're going, oh, that makes sense to me, I could have got that. By the way, we, we don't try to have a go at the gospel. We believe the gospel. There's, a, there's quite a number of churches, as I've been driving around a lot lately, different parts of the UK, there's a lot of churches that have outside a poster that says, try prayer. And you go, you don't try prayer. You pray and believe. You can't try something, because if there's no faith attached to it, you're just going to get disappointed. You don't try out God, you believe God. Faith is about trusting God. It's about being brave, trusting God, and stepping out or standing your ground when you have to, so you don't give territory to the enemy. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Yeah. And right now you're hearing the word of God. And so it's important having heard the word of God that it stop, doesn't stop here but gets here. How does that happen? We meditate on it. We think about it. We speak it. We pray it. We go and look at this passage and we say it about ourselves. I am one who stands. We, 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 look, we look it up. We, we go to that passage in Ephesians, and we start saying things like, I am strong in the Lord because I'm anchored to the Lord. Mark told me that this morning. I can draw strength from the Lord. So right now, I'm choosing to draw strength from the Lord. I'm not going to rely on me anymore. I'm going to draw strength from the Lord. And we meditate and we mull it over and we think about it so that it goes from our head out of the territory of mind games and gets into our heart where our spirit protects it and makes it real in our life. That's how this works. The stronger we are anchored in the word, the easier it is to believe and receive. 
I'll say that again because it's really important. The stronger you are anchored in the word, the easier it is to believe and receive. A lot of us struggle to believe and trust God because we haven't anchored ourselves in the word recently. You know, you, it, it works a bit like this. If I told you something 20 years ago, you might remember it. And you go, well, I know that. But when it talks about faith coming by hearing the word, you've got to hear it afresh. It's got to come up out of there and you've got to start speaking it. You've got to start meditating on it. You've got to start thinking it. Why? So the Holy Spirit can grab hold of it and make it real and manifest in your life. That's how this thing works. You can't ride on past glories. You can't, you can't say, you know, I'm doing great in my Christian work because 10 years ago I was doing great in my Christian work. Well, no, you're not now. So you need to say, well, I can't ride on past glories, so I need something fresh. How do I get something fresh? I've got to go back and look at the things I once knew until they become real to me again. I've just got to take a step back and go to all the stuff that was once really real to me and meditate on it until it becomes real again. Because that's what the Holy Spirit promises to do in your life. So I've got two questions for you this morning. Here's my first question. What is it that you are believing God for or want to see change right now? What is it that you're believing God for or want to see change in right now? It's a real question. You don't have to shout it out. Okay, so have you, have you all thought like what that might be for you personally? Here's my second question. What scripture are you standing on to see that? What scripture are you standing on to see that thing you want to come about in your life? Lean not. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. You know, it's all right to want something, but you have to stand on something. You can't stand your ground on nothing. You can't stand your ground on quicksand. Much less than that, unless you're Jesus or the Apostle Peter for a few moments, you can't stand your ground on water. You can't stand your ground on stuff that gives way. So you have to know what scripture you're standing on that relates to what you're believing God for. And then you meditate that scripture and you speak that scripture until you see change. See, that, that raises your question, doesn't it? Because, you know, I'm not going to ask you the question of, like, what, what you believe in God for and what scripture you're standing on. Because I think it's only fair that I tell you what I'm standing on. Isn't it? Yeah. This, is, this is what I'm standing on. Because here's what I'm believing God for. I'm believing him to do some things in my life I haven't seen yet. But I know he's promised. One of those is that this body of believers would see an impact beyond the size of this body of believers. And so I've been, you know, seeking God on that for, well, since back end of last autumn, really. And it's not enough to seek God on something. I need to know what I'm standing on, 
when I'm, I'm doing that. So what, what, what am I standing on? Well, it, this is what I'm standing on. I'm not standing on some vague word or idea or dream or whatever. This is what I'm standing on. And it, it might not be immediately obvious. I'm standing on this. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. That tells me I'm not going to do it. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, the results I'm going to see, what's going to come about is a result of Christ who's alive in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that tells me that this is going to come about because, and only if I recognize that it's God that builds his church. And, you know, when, when, we, when we give up our Western obsession of building the best churches that man can build, I'm kind of hoping that one day we'll get around to the churches that God can build and see that they're a lot more magnificent and a lot, lot, lot better and involve a lot less bricks than the ones we built. So I'm t that's what I'm standing on. It's not Christ. It's not me that's going to do anything. It's Christ who lives in me. My old man is dead. I'm a new creation. And the job of me as a new creation is to trust God to do the work through me and to let him build it. So I've got to focus on hearing him. And how do I know that God wants to, to do some things in my life that he doesn't want me to just drift through with a mediocre, humdrum, day-to-day -day life? How do I know that? Well, I'm going to stand on the scripture on that one as well. I have plans prepared for you, says the Lord. Plans not to harm, but to, for your good, to give you a future and a hope, to prosper you. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm standing on that scripture. God, you said you had plans to prosper me, to give me a future, to give me a hope, that there's a purpose for my life, and you've got a plan for it, and I'm believing you that that plan is bigger than I've already seen. Because you, you're saying it's not, it's not uh, drifting through life, but you've got some positive plans here. I'm standing on that one. But here's the big one I'm standing on. I'm standing on this. And I'll read it to you. Because we can only do anything if we trust God. And we'll only trust God when we realize he loves us unconditionally. That he doesn't depend on me. It all depends on him. It all depends on his love. So Romans chapter 8 is what I'm standing on. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for me, who can be against me? If God is for Mark, who can be against him? God is for Mark, who can be against him? Insert your own name. If God is for... Come on, you've got to join in here. It's participative. Shout your name out. If God is for... Who can be against? No one is the answer, isn't it? No one. The enemy, other people, life will try and come against you. It's not that that doesn't happen. All it's saying is God's bigger than that. And he's better than that. And he's stronger than that. Amen. Verse 33. Who's going to bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Yeah. Read that carefully. That isn't saying God is bringing a charge against you. That's how most people read that verse and they go, 
Oh, well, God, no, he, he knows how bad I am. He knows what I'm doing. He's terrible. God who justifies. God who makes you right. God who makes you justify. I'd never sinned. He justifies just as if I'd never sinned. So we can be confident that God is going to do things in our life and he's going to be there for us day in, day out for the rest of our lives, anchored to us, tied to us, firm as a rock, in us and through us and for us. Why? Because he's not holding anything against us. His love is without condition because Christ met all the conditions. And this is the bit I love. I, I, I love this. Who is going to separate Mark from the love of Christ? Put, let's put your own names in. Who is going to separate from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. The answer is no. So we'll do it. Shall tribulation? No. no. Shall distress? No. Shall persecution? No. Shall be starving and hungry? No. Shall nakedness? No. Or peril? No. Or sword? No. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted sheep for the sword. Yet in all these things, Mark, oh, whatever your name is, in all these things, Roger. Come on, you've got to get your name in here. Let's try it again. In all these things, is more than a conqueror. What are you? More than a conqueror. How do you know you're more than a conqueror? The word says you are. What are we? Are we believers or not? If the word says it, I'm going to believe it because it's true. I am more than a conqueror. You know, when uh, if I go back to that verse from... Uh, I'm, not, I'm excited about this bit now. Let's carry on with this bit. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, they're the liars, they're the deceivers, they're the ones that are strategies, powers, things present, things to come, height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will ever, ever, ever separate me from the love of God. You can't touch me. You can't touch me. You can't get at me. I'm tied to God. I'm on the rock. I'm standing on solid ground, and I'm going to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know, um, when I get to that, go back to Galatians 2.20, when it says, it's no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me, it's not that I have Christ. It's not that Christ has done something for me. It's I am Christ who lives in me. I am Christ in me. That's my nature. I am Christ in me. I am not separable. Why? Because I'm in him and he's in me. I'm not separable from him. I'm a new creation. And that new creation stands blameless before God because of what Christ has done. And nothing will separate me from him. And nothing can get to me. You cannot touch me. And that's why I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. 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 
Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your goodness, for your blessing. But more than that, Lord, I want to thank you that you didn't just leave us to struggle through this life alone. You placed me in you and you came to live in me. And now I choose to live and remind myself constantly of the reality that you are in me, that I am tied to you, I am firmly fixed to you. You are the rock in which I stand, upon which I stand, and the rock who is in me. And if you are for me, I declare that whatever comes against me shall not prevail because you are stronger than anything that is in this world. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand.